Welcome to the Discovering Our Scars podcast. Where we have honest conversations about things that make us different. I'm Steph. And I'm Beth. I've been in recovery for 14 years and am the author of Discovering My Scars, my memoir about my mental health struggles, experiences, and faith. I'm a lawyer turned pastor who's all about self-awareness and emotional health because I know what it's like to have neither of those things. Beth and I have been friends for years, have gone through a recovery program together, and when I wanted to start a podcast, she was the only name that came to mind as co-host. I didn't hesitate to say yes because I've learned a lot from honest conversations with Steph over the years. We value honest conversations and we hope you do too. That's why we do this and why we want you to be part of what we were discussing today. On today's show, we're going to have an honest conversation about making room for silence. Then we'll invite you to reflect on the conversation in your own life with questions for reflection. And the show will close with Slice of Life. And if you wonder what that is, stay tuned until the end. So Steph, normally when we record, there is a lot of silence because we need time to process our thoughts. But you usually edit that out. Are you going to do that this time? <laughs> yes, I'm a big fan of like chopping it up, editing it, and making it like a really good listen listening experience. And so I feel like I feel like that's super scary to have dead silence in a podcast because it's like, oh, well, it's done. I'm done listening. So I usually cut that out and only leave like enough that it like is important or impactful. I'll leave that. But I normally cut it out. So but I thought today, since our episode is all about silence, if there is silence between us, I thought maybe I will leave it. I'll try to leave it in. I'm not going to guarantee every single silent moment because there are times when like the doorbell rings and there's a whole long thing. <laughs> so we will um, we'll take those out. But yeah, I, let's try it. Let's see how it sounds. Let's see how it sounds and give us feedback. Let us know. Was that too much silence for you? <laughs> Did it make you uncomfortable? If so, why? <laughs> why does silence make people uncomfortable? What do you think is the root of that? Well, I think when people are talking, you kind of know what they're thinking. Like as I'm talking, you can hear what I'm saying and you can see my engagement and you know, da da da. But if I just. I feel like this is a test that I'm going to fail. <laughs> yeah. When you go silent, it's like, oh, now it's my turn. Right. So then, oh, I have to say something. I have or, to jump in. But why do you feel like you need to jump in? Because it's a conversation. But do you feel like, why do you feel like you have to fill that space? Do you feel like, do you feel uncomfortable when there's silence? I think that part of it might be thinking that you're ready for a response, mm. you know? So I'm like worried about what the expectation of the other person in the conversation is and not just you specifically, yeah. but like whoever yeah. I'm talking to um, is, is expecting then a response. And it's like, okay, well now it's my turn. And if I don't talk, this isn't going to be a conversation. <laughs> it's just going to be two people not conversating, yeah. conversing, not conversing. But do you think that I found that, so we've talked, I think I've talked about this before. Um, when I worked for Apple, I had a very extroverted boss and he was very uh, much when he was processing something, he would just say everything he was processing out loud and he was just talk and talk and talk. And when I would process, I would be quiet and he would fill up that space, but I would not be listening because I'd be processing. And then I would say something brilliant and he'd be like, whoa. And I was like, yeah, that's what I do when I'm thinking and not talking. And he so we started he started to learn that leave room for silence because there's like something that's coming next. And so he kind of learned that through observation and kind of having that conversation together. So for me, like 
I definitely am like a normal human being. Like I can understand the feeling of if I'm with somebody that I don't really know and I'm having a conversation, I don't know if how they feel about silence. So if it's silent for a moment, I want to fill that space too. Exactly. Because I feel like what you just said, like if there's a space, then it's my turn to say something. But it's usually when we feel that pressure to say something, what we say is not really adding too much to the conversation. I feel like I feel like we're trying to like process what to say next out loud. And so we're just saying noise. And so I feel like if we did embrace that silence, if we like, if culturally we embrace silence, I feel like there would be way more value in the words that we actually end up saying than the words we fill, we fill silence with. I definitely think some people probably like that person who used to work for at Apple, some people are verbal processors. And in some settings, I'm like that. Like if if it's my husband and I am trying to figure something out, like I, I do tend to have verbal diarrhea like it's just words 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 what a visual (laughs) so all I mean by that is that I tend to just think out loud and that in hearing my thoughts out loud it actually can help me process them and help me to get to conclusions or help me to have new awarenesses but I recognize that it's not productive or healthy to do that with everyone so I have like my safe space where Mm. I can operate that way but like me I'm your safe space right Beth you are a safe space, but I would not barrage you with all my words. Really? Well, thank you Do so I? much. Does I, it feel like I barrage you with all my words? No, no. Oh, okay. I feel like you're super, <laughs> like we've we've gotten a really good working like conversation going throughout the 50, 49 episodes. True. The 40, this 49. is our 49th. So I totally get that, like the verbal processing. So that's more of silence within a conversation with like another person. But how about silence with yourself? How do you feel like, how often do you just allow for silence in your life, Beth? I actually have a lot of silence in my life because when I am working, I don't have any, anything on in the background. I don't, I don't play music. You know, I don't turn on the TV or anything like that. So I actually spend most of my day in silence unless I'm on a zoom call or on the phone uh, or in a meeting, you know, then, then it wouldn't be silent. But other than that, I, I have, I'm at a point where I just work in silence. Wow. What do you do? Well, I, when I'm home, I typically have music playing. Um, and if, you know, if I'm editing, there's obviously sound because I'm editing audio. Uh, Mac is usually whining in the background. Um, so there's definitely noise around me. Uh, but I do try to make room for silence. And one of the places I go really to be silent is to the woods. I've been doing that for like over five years. When I moved back to Tallahassee, I found like the perfect woods and it's huge and there's so many trails. And although since I've been going so long, I know like every trail and like I take people to the woods with me and they're like, where are we? I have never seen this tree before. I'm like, I know where we are. It's fine. We're going this way. So, which is cool. I kind of like feel like I, it's my woods and it is just by the way. Um, <laughs> I just don't have the deed yet, but, um, cause it's public property, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> the city, the darn city of Tallahassee, whatever. Uh, <laughs> But uh, so I go to the woods and that's where I find silence and peace. And I don't know, for me, when I actually have silence, I like have so many brainstorming things and ideas that I don't have other times. Like when I like intentionally make time to like listen and be by myself, I do have like rich time by myself, not just like, you know, I'm watching TV. Well, that's not (laughs) that's not helpful. That's a different thing. Exactly. And that's important. Right. I don't I don't hate on TV. Right. But um. Yeah. So when I do allow for the silence with just me, there's, there's a lot of ideas and, um, 
processing that I that happens that I that don't doesn't normally. One place I don't like to have silence is if I'm in the car. Mm. So anytime I'm in my car, which honestly with COVID is like very little. Yeah. I'm 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 really at home quite a lot these yeah. days. But when I'm in my car, I want to have a podcast on or I want to have music on or I just I want to have some even if I'm in the car alone or especially when I'm in the car alone, like I want to have some something that's kind of in mm-hmm. the background. But when I'm working at home, that that isn't necessarily true. I also have and I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this, but I actually have a, a pretty bad case of tinnitus. So I have a constant ringing in my ears. So silence is relative in that way. Right. Because it's never really, truly silent. There's always a high pitched beep. Yeah. Well, it's not a beep because it doesn't end. What is that? A tone? A I tone, guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in that way, it's not silent. A but frequency. A f- yeah. So, but it's it, it's because it's always there. It's just it's like that is part of my silence. Mm. How long have you had that? I don't know, but it's been it's been it feels to me like it's been getting worse over the last four years. Mm. And I've been to the ENT and they basically say, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. I know someone that actually got that in the military Mm. and has like that constant sound, which I have no idea what that must be like because I I don't hear constant sounds, but I, that's gotta be really like, is it like stressful to like, do you notice it or? I do notice it. And sometimes I do want just quiet. And honestly, that it feels like it gets louder when that happens, mm-hmm. because I think that what is happening is my brain is trying to process sound that's not there. And so it's replacing the sound. So the quieter it is, like when I have to go to the ENT and they put me in the booth where they close out all sound, yeah. it's so loud then. It's oh, so loud wow. because there's because there's no sound for my brain to process. So um, all of that is sort of a tangent just to say. When I say I'm in silence, I'm in silence, my silence. Yeah. But there is always a very high pitched sound and it's, and it's unchanging. Mm. So it's not even interesting to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So is it, so it's always like the same frequency. Yes. Like it's just a certain like much higher pitch, but yeah, much higher. Oh gosh. More like that. (laughs) Oh my goodness. No, thank you. I don't know that everyone is comfortable with silence. I, I I can think in my head just of a few examples of folks who like the TV is always on. Oh, yes. And and that that becomes part of their background noise, mm-hmm. kind of like when I'm in the car and I want to yeah. have something on. Right. It's like the same thing, but it's in it's like that for, for them when they're at home. And I don't. I don't know exactly what that is. Yeah. I know people that just always have the TV on or can't fall asleep without the TV on. I just like, I don't understand that at all. Like that would be so overwhelming to me to always have noise. Like whenever, also I think like there's some people that I know that like, if there's a moment of like downtime, they're on their phones on social media and you know, they're, they're swiping and they're looking. Oh yeah. I'm kind of that way too. Yeah. Well, (laughs) yeah. And it's just like constant, like they have to have some kind of constant stimulation, stimulation. Exactly. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I, I don't feel like I could get stuff done if I was constantly trying to fill like every moment with something. Um, cause for me, like when, when there is silence, I find, you know, I have like new ideas for projects or new ideas for my book or a new book. Um, like 
all these ideas that I wouldn't have like been able to really process or understand before I can when I just allow nothing else to be happening. Yeah. And it must be that some people process better when there's something going on in the background, right? Like it must, Do they though? Well, I, I, I mean, I think they must. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, that's interesting. Do you, do, do people, can people really process with constant stimulation or really like have ideas and I don't know, maybe there, maybe that is the type of person that can, but I don't know. I wonder if silence has in some ways a negative connotation Mm. Uh, because this episode will release on September 11th. Oh yes. Yeah. A, a day that, you know, we don't ever want to forget what happened on that day. It's has marked a couple of generations. And, and when I think about events like September 11th and I think about remembering them, right, we have, we, it's appropriate to pause and have a moment of silence. And that silence is heavy that, and that silence has a very, uh, it has a sense of gravity about it. Yeah. And so I wonder if in some ways that gives silence in general, sort of a heavy or negative connotation. I do think within society, there's like this negative connotation to silence, like almost a sadness to silence. Right. Which is kind of what you just, just described. Like when, when you feel so much and there's just so it's so hard to fathom, like with, with nine 11, like all we can do is just be silent. There's nothing, there's no words that are no going words. to fix or, you know, fill that space. There's just silence. But I think silence maybe can be scary or negative because you want answers. We all want answers. We want like, well, what's the answer to this? Like, how do I answer it? You're not saying anything. Good point. And sometimes there is no answer. Sometimes the answer is we just need to be silent and we need to reflect and we may not get anywhere. We may not fix anything, but sometimes we just need to process and be in that moment. And so I think there is a heaviness to like living in a moment. When's the last time you really like felt like you lived in a moment? I could say for me, the last time I really remember like living in a moment was when my grandmother was telling me about the last time she, uh, the moment my, my papu passed away, she was explaining to me what that felt like in the, holding his hand. Like I was living in that moment of her describing that. Like I can so remember everything about that moment, but how often do we do that? How often do we just like be quiet and like take everything in? which I think is part of like what we need to do on 9-11 is like not just keep putting out noise, but just reflect on that. And I don't know if you've ever been to the 9-11 memorial in New York, but there's nothing to say. You just walk around silently in there and just take it in because it's just, it's so heavy, but it's so important. And I've done it once and I don't, I would, I would do it again for sure, but it's definitely something where you just, you have to silently observe and just kind of take it in. So silence in conversation, silence when we're alone. How about silence in church? Silence in church is really hard right now because church is online. I know some churches are meeting in person. I just am serving in a church that isn't. 
And it's really hard to work silence into a live stream because people will think you're frozen mm-hmm. or people will think that their sound has cut out or your sound has cut out or, um, or they're just not present in the moment in the same way as when we're all in the same room together. And so silence is hard in an online format. But silence in church can be very powerful, and yet it is rarely done. Actually, I'm thinking this through out loud, as you can tell I'm verbal processing right now. But the, um, I think we tend to do it with more like some music in the background. Well, I'm thinking about when I used to work for a church, I actually ran the sound, <laughs> so the noise. Um, and I remember there was times when, you know, there would be, um, you know, an interlude and a song and it would be just, you know, just some, some music playing. But I remember there are times when the worship leader would fill that silence, mm-hmm. would fill that, that time of reflection with just words or a prayer or just kept talking. And I just remember thinking like, could we just stop talking and let me like be in that moment and like, let me reflect in my own head like why are we filling up every moment I I that was something that I felt like I missed a lot when I worked for a church and just growing up in churches is like can it just be silent like why is every moment of the service have to be filled with with something like what how what how powerful would that be if like we just sat like in 10 minutes and like no words were said but we're all there together as a community there definitely are contemplative prayer services that I've participated in that really maximize the silence, maximize the power of the silence and use it as a sacred moment. But you have to really nurture that and explain it and create space for it, which sounds a little bit strange to me in a way because I think people think of silence as empty and yet it's something that we need to nurture and create space for because it's actually quite full. It can be. And I know when there's silence, like when there's like a moment of silence or there's silence somewhere I've, I know I've experienced a process of like, Oh, it's very quiet. Oh, what do I do? Oh, is every, what is everyone doing? Oh, should I be doing that too? It's very quiet. Like I go through this process of like, and then if there's enough silence, I can actually get to a place where I'm actually hearing something and feeling something that I wouldn't um, without that, that freedom. Yeah. Or how long is the silence going to last? Yeah. What if I start thinking about something and then they start talking, but I'm still thinking about what I want to think about. And by the time I figure all that out, the moment of silence is over. This is a stressful (laughs) moment. I think that's very normal. Very human. (laughs) I can remember, which is why I think it takes practice. Yeah, I think yeah. it's practice. Like it's important that we almost like set aside. Okay, this is my quiet time. This is my you know boredom time. Like how often what was the last time you were oh, bored, Beth? I don't like to be bored. <laughs> I don't. I don't like that's that's what I got my phone for. <laughs> I don't need to be bored. That's when go. What get, if you schedule that boredom on time. Twitter? What if? <laughs> okay, we need to take your phone away. <laughs> but what if you scheduled every day ten minutes to be bored? I don't think I would be bored. If you scheduled 10 minutes where you did nothing. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think I would use that time 
No, your scheduled time where you literally, I do nothing in this time. This time I can't do any work. I can't do anything. It's just my boredom time. I don't know. I can't envision it. Yeah. Like I can't envision that. Like there are times in the day or times in the week where I don't do anything. You know, I'll, I'll get on the raft and I'll float in the pool. Nothing is happening then except for me floating, but I'm not bored. I am ecstatic (laughs) because boredom sounds negative to me. Like, like something you don't, it's a, uh, a mental space you don't want to be in. It's transient on board. I'm going to go do something. But I, so I don't remember the last time I was bored, but I hear from my teenagers that they're bored. I was going to say, like, I've heard it so many times from my nibblings. I'm bored. Yes. Like, well, go do something, then find something to do. And ultimately, like, I was bored a ton as a kid. And like, my mom didn't sit there and entertain us. She was a stay at home mom, but her job was not to entertain us. And I mean, I, me and my friend, we, um, we made a whole band out of cardboard once. And we, uh, we had like a little club that we put together in the, in the shed in the backyard. My brother and I built a a dig, dug a really big hole in the backyard. You could fit a whole person standing up in it and you couldn't see their head. It was great. So, I mean, there was like, we wouldn't have done that if we weren't bored. Dig a freaking hole in the backyard. Come on. That does probably take a special level of boredom. Exactly. Exactly. But when we were doing it, we weren't bored. Yeah, But those are things that we wouldn't have been able to think of or do. I have the memories of being with my brother. We I don't have a ton of great memories of us getting along. And yet I have these memories of me and him digging this hole and just, and it was the, it was like dirt. It was really hard dirt. It wasn't like, you know, easy. It was just with a shovel and we were digging this hole. I have these memories, these great Why? memories of digging a hole. Why? Why were you doing that? We were bored. And my mom said, go do something. And they were like, we'll dig a hole. Fine. And we did. And I have great memories of that hole. It was a long time. Like it wasn't just one day. We were bored a lot and we would dig a hole. So it was a long-term project. It was a long-term project. And ultimately the hole got filled in. I would hope so. Well, we raised bunnies and some of those bunnies died at certain points and they went in the hole. Wow. Another dark turn on discovering our scars. Wow. There's a lot of dead animals in that yard. We don't live at that house anymore, but uh, because we had gerbils and we had bunnies, we raised bunnies. So we had lot, we had two litters, I guess you call of bunnies. I don't know what you call them, but we had like a male and female bunny and they made five bunnies in the first one and six bunnies in the second one. We had lots of bunnies. But eventually you filled it in with dirt, I would hope. Yes. Yeah. We oh, put okay. dirt over the dead animals. Well, you mean it just sound like a mass grave? No, no. And it wasn't a whole <laughs> bunch of bunnies. I think it was like one. I don't think. Yeah. They mm. didn't mass die, but we had an issue, sadly, with a neighborhood dog that oh, terrorized no. our bunnies. And one of them did bad things and our bunny passed oh, away. Oh, that's yes. sad. So that was not... And some died of old age, but I mean, we had a ton of, this was over a long span. Yeah. Um, and because my mom wouldn't let me have a cat, we had a million bunnies. <laughs> and then somehow she, this is your mom's fault. I, I hear <laughs> it. I hear it. <laughs> and then she, we finally got a, a cat and then we got another cat. <laughs> and then I decided I'm not a cat girl. <laughs> and now I have a dog. I wonder if one of the reasons that we do not make room for silence is that we try to avoid loneliness Mm. And silence feels lonely somehow. Like I think about that, like I I said that when I'm in my car, I always have some sound. And I think that's 
at the root of that, that I am like, oh, I'm in my car and I'm by myself. I don't want to be by myself. Oh, I'll have the sound on so that I feel less lonely. Maybe that's a bigger issue too, that we perceive loneliness to be bad. Yeah, I would agree. I would think that some people don't like to be by themselves. Yeah, don't don't want to know what, don't want to hear what is said in the silence and what, what they might, um, the thoughts that might happen in that silent, in those silent moments. Cause I'll tell you, I mean, I've struggled with depression for, for many years and there was times when I didn't want to be in my own thoughts and in my own head because it was a scary place and I didn't want to be there. So I definitely think there's like some fear of like, if I allow for silence, what, what will I hear in that silent mo- in those silent times? And it also, I think takes a little bit of work because it's easier to just turn on the TV. It's easier to be with people. Right. It's easier to, you know, not reflect on life. Like it's easier to, to just go on with the status quo. I think you're right. I think we allow ourselves to be distracted because self-awareness is hard and doing the work of, um, self-improvement is hard. And so it's easier just to not think about it. And I think that we go immediately from alone to loneliness, Mm. even though they're really two different things. I I wouldn't be surprised if you got this some as a single person, you know, that, Oh Oh, yeah. Why, why are you single? Why aren't you married? Why are you alone? Oh yeah. You know, I get people saying like, I could never live by myself. Oh my gosh. I'd be so bored. I had somebody say like, what do you, what, what do you have for dinner? Like, how do you just like, do you just like, um, eat cereal every night yeah and I was like no I'm a person I like make a meal for me like just for one person but I I mean I can't even imagine I was like what I'm a real human being and I deserve everything that everyone else deserves like what do you mean no I make dinner for me actually lately me and my mom have been eating like every meal together like during the quarantine we just ended up doing that I would normally eat dinners alone but we've pretty much been eating dinners together just because when it comes to mealtime she's always like oh it's mealtime. What do I do? I'm like, okay, well, we'll have food, figure it out. So I've just been her keeper for a while. And she knows that if she hears this mom, you know that. And I know you're okay with that. So, well, you know, she was your keeper for quite a while. That's so true. It's, it's all, but she made me good. dig a hole. <laughs> you chose to dig a hole. It's true. It was true. <laughs> so Beth, how do we in this episode? Well, what's your takeaway? Oh, my gosh. oh that was supposed <laughs> to be silence. <laughs> Oh, Beth, you'll learn for next time. So how should we end this episode, Beth? And now it's time for questions for reflection. These are questions written about today's show that Beth will read and leave a little pause between each for you to pause the podcast and answer to yourself. Or there's a PDF available on our website at dospod.us. And stay tuned for Slice of Life. Question for reflection number one. Are you uncomfortable with silence in conversation? Reflect on that. Number two, do you tend to process your thoughts out loud or in silence? Why? Number three, if silence is hard for you, is it possible you're afraid of what you will hear? Number four, when is the last time you sat in silence? What did you hear? And number five, If it's been a while since you made room for silence, reflect on what you might be avoiding. Speak truth to yourself. So 
you may not be listening to this episode the day this episode comes out, but it actually is being released on on a Friday, as they always are. But it uh, happens to be September 11th. And we mentioned that briefly in this episode. And I did want to just um, give a shout out to a friend of mine that actually wrote a book about her experience uh, during 9-11. She lived in New York and she was right near the towers when it happened. Her apartment was near the towers. And it's a great, great book. I highly recommend it. It's called Out of the Shadow of 9-11, An Inspiring Tale of Escape and Transformation. And it's by Christina Ray Stanton. And it is a great read. Um, I highly recommend it. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. So my house is a little bit more silent these days, a little bit quieter these days. Just moved my oldest uh, into his college dorm a few Mm -hmm. hours away from here, a few hours south down in Lakeland. So that's a big change that we're going through, but we're one weekend and everybody seems to be adjusting. He's he's adjusting especially well to not living at home. So I guess I feel good about that. I feel like that's part of my job, right? Was to get him ready for that. But but yeah, so our house is feeling a little bit different these days. Do you feel like an empty nester? Not yet because because your daughter. Yeah, I still have a a high school soft a high school junior, and she. I think you mentioned in one of the episodes that she was going back to to school. Like uh, yeah, she's she's face to face school. Is that going well? It's going well. So, so far, every day we get um, a different update from the school. They only give us updates when someone has tested positive for the virus. So on the second day of school, we got a message that uh, a staff person had tested positive, oh, wow. but that they had not been at school huh. on the first two days. Mm. And so it was like, okay, well, that's interesting information, yeah. but okay. <laughs> yesterday in the morning, we got an update that a student had tested positive. And then yesterday afternoon, we got a message that students, plural, but not how many positive, but not just, how many just a, we pluraled on that one. Yeah. Could be two, could be 200. It could be. <laughs> so they said, you'll get a call from the health department if this affects you. Oh, so I guess the health department is doing the contact tracing for the schools. Oh, interesting. So, you know, we live in a college town. And so I think there's a little bit of anxiety around town, just about how that's going to impact numbers. Uh, and then with schools, you know, the, the public schools being back in, in face to face, we'll just see. I, I wasn't, I wasn't very optimistic they were going to be able to stay open even the first week. And it's gone way better than I had feared. So this has been the first week, right? Yeah. 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 We're at the end of the first week. So by the time this episode releases, they will be at the end of the second week. Yeah. Hopefully school will still be in session. (laughs) Hopefully they'll still be in face to face. So I wanted to mention something that I have started doing. Um, I'm actually making these kind of like short videos um, on my Stephanie Kostopoulos YouTube channel. And um, it was an idea I had like pre pandemic. I was like, I was like, I love going in the woods. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if I made like kind of like short form videos where I talk about my book or sort of the the process of writing my book and, um, you know, do it from the woods. So I finally did it and I kind of did it quietly so I could like see if I would actually do it and enjoy doing it. And I do enjoy doing it. So I've done three. And the one I just filmed yesterday actually um, is similar to the topic we just talked talked about today. So I kind of talk about silence and embracing that silence and there's some great sounds of the nature that you'll hear in the video. So um, we'll put a link to that in the show notes to check that out. I can't wait to watch it. That'll be good. Yes, exactly. Well, you have to start at number one because it's a whole progress. It's a whole thing. Like you one, two, and then three. I can follow rules. No problem. Don't I will watch start, three without one. I will start at number one. I will do them sequentially. Awesome. And it's consecutively. Very good. Very good. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us. This has been the Discovering Our Scars podcast. 